Take three. Tansei listeners, you are listening to Oda Paimsu, Esquewak, Kitsi Kitsi Cook, Molly Sway, Nitsiakasan, Chelsea Val, Nitsiakasan, Otusquanek Nitotsen, Mantusakaiganek Nitotsen. So, welcome to episode two. So, if you joined us for episode one, we reviewed Buffy's. God, what the fuck was it? It was Pangs. Pangs, right? Yeah. Pangs of Agony, I remember. So. This week we are introducing a new show to y'all, and it was a new show to us, so we were introduced actually, uh, and the show is Quantum Leap. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the premise of Quantum Leap is that a kind of white guy with some serious early 90s hair uh, in some kind of freak science-y accident is thrown into the bodies of different people in different times, and then apparently, or so we can figure out from watching the show... He needs to complete some kind of mission in order to be returned to his own time or something. We don't really know. Or go on to the next leap. And and, and, yeah, yeah. maybe the next leap will be the leap home. Wow. Yeah. So we uh, are watching today, we are watching Freedom which is season two, episode 16. And Sam, who's the white guy with the serious hair, uh, becomes an American Indian who takes his ailing grandfather from a nursing home to die on a reservation. It's like a Sherman Alexi novel. You can imagine we were very excited to be able to have the opportunity to watch this. Yes. Now I'd like to introduce the wine of tonight. Uh, We are drinking a Castello di Gabbiano. It is a 2010 Chianti Classico. A uh, bunch of Italian, Italian. On the back, it says, <clears throat> The 12th century Castello di Gabbiano estate is located in the heart of renowned Chianti Classico region. Castello di Gabbiano Reserva is made from the finest grapes grown on the estate. It has invigorating flavors of blackberry with notes of leather, leather, and spice, and compliments, and everything nice. A wide variety of cuisine, including roasted pork and rich pasta dishes. Now we're enjoying this Chianti without any <laughs> fava beans, oh, but with if, extra leather. There we go, extra leather. I, I bring my leather in it before I eat it. Saddle leather, perhaps. Perhaps. To, um, to go with the Western theme. Of today's show. Absolutely. A- excellent. Uh, so Chelsea, maybe before we explain exactly it, what it is that we do, uh, cheers. Oh, cheers. Mm. All right, so. Full-bodied. Leather overtones. <laughs> So, uh, what we do on our podcast show, episode two, uh, Métis in Space, we get together, uh, we drink a bottle of wine, we watch an episode or a movie that has to do with science fiction and indigenous people, and then we sit down and talk about it. So in case you're wondering, yes, this is basically what Chelsea and I do whenever we get together. Right, you're, you're basically just being uh, given access to our private conversations. Yeah, uh, so lucky you. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, and don't forget, we always like to include our white male listeners. Uh, we, we never want to l- make them feel alienated or left out or in any way mm-hmm. forgotten. Uh, so at, uh, at the end of the show, we always like to ask a white guy a thing. Mm-hmm. So stick around for that. <laughs> okay. Okay, so let's get into this. Um, 
All right, so we start the show with some like pretty awesome sci-fi effects, and by awesome, mm-hmm. I mean really cheesy. I'm not. So good. I think this is like so an good. early '90s uh, show. Like I, I kind of remember watching it when I was a kid. To be honest, like, okay. I think I was kind of into this, you know, like when I was little, but I don't really remember much of it. I mean, you can kind of see why. Like the, the opening credits kind of put you to sleep. It's like a combination of incredible, it's like lounge music, sci-fi, blue lightning, and then yeah. the fucking lounge music. Yeah, the, the yeah. music, the music is really, really bad it's, uh, at the opening. It's like do 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 do. Okay, but it goes on. Sci-fi is taking place in an elevator. Yeah, thank you, elevator music. That's right. Or we we thought it sort of reminded us a little bit vaguely of Mash. Oh, that's right. So our intrepid hero is he just. You know, so he, he, he like, he just wakes up as somebody, right? Doesn't know who he is yet. He's all disoriented. And he's getting the crap beat out of him by, like, some, like, hick sheriff and, and his lackey. So and, that's, that's how and it starts. you know that he's a hick because he's wearing a bolo tie? Yeah. I gotta say, I know bolo ties are kind of like a universal sign of being a hick. But honestly, every time I see one, it just reminds me of my dad. And they look kind of sexy on Indian men. I mean, down in southern Alberta. Dude, are you hitting on my dad? No, I'm sorry. That was bad. Ugh. No, I would. No, I, I mean. Sorry, dad. N- anybody not your dad. Okay. No, it's fine. Oh, can I we... mean, you've also never seen my dad. That's still not okay. Can you edit that out? Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. Bolo ties. Bolo tie. Yeah. All right. Wear the bolo tie. We love the bolo tie. Just not on my dad. Right. Or it looks or good on, on the him. sheriff. When I don't know. I'm confused about the bolo tie now. Anyway. No, 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 we have you can go ahead feelings. and wear your bolo tie. Is, is all yeah, I'm saying here. Don't beat up indigenous dudes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So he's getting the crap kicked out of him. He is tossed half unconscious into a cell with an old native dude, uh, who's wearing a medicine pouch. And, uh, and the native guy says, uh, Oh no, no. They say to him, Oh, he slipped, (laughs) you know, he slipped and and fell on his face repeatedly. Yeah. Uh, I gotta say though, like we were joking about the medicine pouch when it came on and my first thought was at least they're not wearing any buckskin. Yeah. Like, they're wearing, you know, like, 70s clothes, so, like, obviously the fashion is kind of out of this world anyway. Uh, I don't know. It's still kind of how a lot of people dress back home. You know, jeans. Jeans uh, on jeans on jeans. Jeans on jeans. It's the, it's the Indian suit, right? Yeah. yeah I yeah. mean, true enough. True Except enough. But some it's, fleece it's on the It's the huge, the huge lapels are the things that got me. The huge lapels. I didn't even notice the huge with lapels. With the sheepskin on the inside. Oh, was, that was the lapels were so... How could you not notice those lapels? I don't know. I guess it just they made me feel massive. like I was back home. It was... <laughs> It's only one of those things like the wind picks up. You're gonna knock you out with your own lapel. Like, if it if it hasn't been, been made abundantly clear at this point, I am a good ten years older than Molly, so uh, we we may have different uh, aesthetics here. Yeah, we like to give you opinions that cross many generations. That's right. Where we we represent a wide wisdom swath and youth. Of- <laughs> Okay. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> so, so, okay. So he's got to figure out who he is, right? So he looks into the mirror and there we see this handsome young native and he goes, oh boy, I'm an Indian. And the old native guy cracks, could be worse. You could be, you could be a white guy, eh? <laughs> Already I'm liking the grandpa. Yo. Mushim in this is like, he's just, yeah. He's, he's full of Indian wisdom and hilarity. Lots yeah. of jokes, lots of teasing. The Mushim that you want and deserve. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Real good. So already we're liking this more than Buffy. Yeah, you know, and, and I, I think we're a bit conflicted about it. We'll, we'll kind of discuss yeah, that we'll as talk, we go we'll through. But, yeah. but like, yeah, already I was really liking it. And, and then, like, and then there were some rattles and drums. Sort of this, like, vaguely ominous, like, Indian music. You know what I'm talking about. Like, something's like, ooh, some spiritual stuff's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, so why why is he in jail? Um, he is in jail because he is uh, this old indigenous man's grandson, and he helped his grandfather steal a truck so that his grandfather could go die on the reserve. But they were caught by the bullet tie wearing sheriff, and now they're in jail. And he has the crap beaten out of him. He's kind of bleeding out of the mouth. Yeah. 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 So the, uh, the Mushum says, uh, you got to break me out of here. Uh, and, and, you know, Sam, who has now found himself as an Indian, is like, how? And Mushum's like, you're the big city man. You figure it out. Uh, next scene, we see the old man in the morning singing some sort of native song. Yeah. Yeah. Praying. As you do. Yeah. Every morning you wake up and you sing a native song. You pray. Yeah. And luckily, this has kind of the, the secondary effect of alerting the bolo tie-wearing sheriff that um, there's something going on in the cell with the Indians. Mm-hmm. He's got to go check it out because he just hates them so much he has to shut up this, this, old, this old grandfather. Yeah, it's made really, really abundantly clear that this 70s sheriff just hates Indians. And Indians is the term. Last week, uh, we introduced you to the term indigenous, mm-hmm. right? Or rather, Willow taught us that you should say Native American or indigenous. But because this episode is set in the 70s, it is American Indian or Indians. So anybody getting okay. offended out there, just remember that that's like what they said in the 70s. And to be honest, what a lot of us say right now, but you don't anyway, get to say it unless you don't yeah. care. Anyway, we quantum left. Mm, we quantum left. We quantum left. All right, so he's singing. What happens? Uh, so the bolo tie wearing sheriff walks in and Sam slash George, the main character, is gone. He is not visible in the cell. It looks like he's escaped. Uh, the bolo tie wearing sheriff asks the grandfather where this, where his grandson is gone. And the grandfather says, I have turned him into a raven and he flew away. But I myself can only turn into a wolf and I am too big to fit through the bars. Yeah. Giles would say, it is very common for Native American spirits to turn into animals. It's actually kind of amazing, even already, kind of the general themes that we're seeing. And yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. This is very much like, you know, the great thing about this is that the entire time the grandfather is messing with all of the white people that he meets. Yeah. But it's still kind of within this, like, very specific paradigm. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like, is this grandfather playing with these stereotypes or because this was almost invariably written by white people... Like, in what ways is this indigenous actor able to resist these things and, like, yeah. not only mess with the white dudes on screen, but mess with the people who are watching it? Yeah, exactly. You know? Because, I mean, this this is an actual native actor. That's a, that's one thing uh, about this. We went and checked to see who was acting in this. Um, let's see. what His name Frank. is Frank Salcedo. We're not really sure what nation he's from. He's, he's often just listed as Native American and some of the weird, like, Rainbow Warrior sites, like, uh, that I, that I saw. Spirituality.eu or yeah, something. Yeah, I wasn't going to yeah, trust that. So I, I don't know actually where he's from, but he's, he's definitely Native. And so throughout this, it, like, he's, he's, you know, he definitely has the humor down. Um, but that's exactly it. You don't know how much he's, it's his character messing with, uh, with the other characters, or if it's actually him just messing with the whole thing, but, but I really loved it. So yeah. that whole, that whole animal thing now has come up in, in both episodes, uh, of, of completely different shows that we've seen. So clearly, like, clearly when you're looking at this as an indigenous person and you're like, Hey, what do they think about the, us? Uh, I mean, that's something I learned early on from Scooby-Doo is that, you know, uh, Indians and, and, and animals are interchangeable. Right? Like, we can go back and forth. So that's definitely carried on here. Yeah. So um, 
Uh, Bolotai wearing sheriff is lured in and knocked out. Uh, and and Musham says, don't mess with Indians. Yeah. And because guess what? He didn't actually turn into a raven. Right. Surprisingly, that's the <laughs> big reveal is he was hiding under the blanket. Yeah, it was really something a lot more simple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yep, the Bolotai wearing sheriff is knocked out and locked into the jail cell. And they fight their way out of the jail. And the grandfather says... I that truck really reminded me of a pinto I once had, and then says it was like a, some kind of like it was a spirited steed or or something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. You, then you get out and you're like, oh my god, what the heck? Like that's brutal. And then you get out there, but the truck is actually all splotched up with rust and yeah. actually kind of it looks, looks like, like a, a painted pinto. pony. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you're yeah. Like, okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I actually like that. Yeah. That little detail. Yeah. Yeah, I get. I get it now. Um, let's see. Okay, so we, we find out that we're in Nevada. Uh, like I said, it's 1970. Um, Musham is really, really sick. He's got emphysema or something like that. And, and, and apparently this Dr. Sam Beckett, uh, or George, the Indian, uh, obviously has some sort of medical training and is able to like immediately diagnose this man as dying. So he was in a uh, nursing home and, uh, and yeah, the whole thing is that his grandson hasn't seen him since he was 14. Uh, he is now 25, and he's broken his, his you know, he's, he's moved to the city, right? And he's broken his grandfather out to help him die on the res. And that was like, it just, I mean, that's the theme, right? Like, he's going to help him die. <laughs> like, but he's conflicted. Yeah. He's conflicted. Like, the, grand, the grandfather is not conflicted. The, the white dude in the Indian body is conflicted, and the show is very much about... How does he shift his worldview? How does he take on mm-hmm. his Indianness to the point where he can become okay with this kind of foreign outlook on like life and death? And of course, that has like some very interesting spiritual elements to it, and that's kind of explored in the show. Yeah, it gets pretty heavy. Yeah, but I mean, the first part of the show is incredible for a lot of reasons. You have the totally sarcastic, wisecracking. Um, old indigenous man, and basically the first part of the show is them just beating up cops. Mm-hmm. My notes are beating up cops A plus <laughs> plus. Yeah, that was pretty great. Yeah, they they don't make any. You know, the great part about the show and this episode anyway for me was like the cops are not even remotely redeemed at any point. Yeah, it's always just like the cops are the enemy. Well, I the don't cops know. Are bad, but they're also bad dudes. It's not just like yeah. you're indigenous, so you're obviously going to be in conflict with the cops. It's like no, the cops are racist and cr- like bad people. Yeah, yeah. As they were exactly. only in the seventies, everything's better now. Right, right. Totally of course. better. Mm. Um, okay, so they they get into uh, back into the stolen truck and. Um, yeah, so, okay, so basically how it works with the show is, if, if you're not familiar with Quantum Leap, is um, basically when he jumps into a new body, he has a mission to fulfill, and if he doesn't fulfill that mission, then he's stuck in that body forever. So, really, Sam is facing being an Indian for the rest of his life, if he oh. doesn't, yeah, if he doesn't do this. So, he, we were talking about the conflict, so he wants to, he wants to help this guy live longer, right? He wants to, to take him to a hospital and, and maybe take him back to the nursing home while he, where he will get adequate uh, medical care. Uh, and, and live for another couple of years, right? Um, versus the mission, which says he has to just help him uh, get back onto the res to die. And and so that conflict of like, you know, the immediate death, right? As soon, you know, it, it's it's assumed that it's going to be very, very quick versus sort of prolonging life. Um, but in a way that that just really is, is incompatible with Musham's, um, you know, cultural values and just, and, and 
personal desires as a human being, right? And remember, this episode is called Freedom. Okay, so that, that comes back. Uh, you're, it's doctors, medical care, westernized, everything versus freedom, Indians, and death. Yeah, subtle metaphor again there. I, th- I feel like subtle metaphors are going to be also kind of a theme as we go through more movies and episodes. And by subtle metaphors, we actually mean just slapping you in the face repeatedly with these tropes. With, with a like, flute. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, the flute. Flute slaps. Right. Flute slaps, definitely. Yeah. Wow. All right. So what There's also next? great lines like, don't mess with Indians as Ooh, they escape mm-hmm. in the truck. And I want those Indians stopped. Yeah. Which I think the Bolotai Sheriff yells out the window of the the jail cell that they locked him in trap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then enters the Indian princess. Oh yeah. There's yeah. the Indian princess. The Indian princess has great 70s style. Oh my we God. Very, very impressed. Like she looks incredible. She's awesome. She's awesome. Yeah. We don't actually know if she's in. And she, a native, yeah, I, I think she is. She looks pretty she damn looks, native. She looks to me. like she could be, uh, yeah. what's her name again? It was, uh, Gloria, Gloria Hayes. Hayes. Yeah, she looks she looks pretty damn native. So I'm just gonna yeah, I'm just gonna, gonna go with yes. go with the gold for that one. Yeah, she's got the great earrings. She's yeah. got the great jeans and the boots. You know, the cowboy boots and like big thick sweater. She yeah, the Navajo like incredible. Yeah, yeah, great so sweater. We love her. She's she's the granddaughter and the sister. I'm I'm kind of assuming older sister just from the way that she interacts with her brother. Did you yeah. get older sister vibe? I mean, the whole time I was like, she's obviously. St- like, she's so obviously supposed to be the, like, hot Indian princess mm. that I was waiting for some kind of, like, weird dynamic between the two of them. Because, like, he is her brother in that role, but he's also not her brother and is, like, oh, as this white ew, guy. that would have been so creepy. But, I mean, but I'm so glad is, it like, didn't go there. No, I'm glad it didn't go there either. But, yeah, like, that is I see 100% the trope, you know? Like, uh, like that yeah. show, that episode was very Last of the Mohican style or, like, Dances with Wolves style yeah. thing where it's, like, Obviously, there's this like beautiful Indian woman that mm-hmm. this white man is inevitably inevitably going to be attracted to. Right, right. And like, luckily, the show does stay away from that, but she's there. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And so it was like the whole time you're like, is this going to go there? Oh, like, see, I, I'm glad I didn't even see my mind just doesn't go those places. Oh, well. <laughs> anyway, all right. Drink some more wine. Another hilarious theme in this entire episode is that Musham loves the Redskins. Loves, loves, loves the Redskins. He even like steals a radio from this like old timey, you know, uh, gas station shop place, and and is like listening to the the Redskins playing a game. He's like, I love it when they beat the Cowboys. And throughout the entire episode, he's like referring to the Redskins as like the best team in America uh you know so I mean you know this whole controversy going on right now I think I think uh Dan Snyder would you know if you watch this episode he could just get a bunch of material he could be like look <laughs> that Indian in Quantum Leap loves the Redskins case closed mic drop you know except the, <laughs> like the funny thing about that though is like the show is so over the top with that kind of thing. Like mm. he loves the Redskins. You know the Redskins are the best. They like they're riding Pintos. They're stealing trucks. Oh yeah, yeah. You no, know, he's like, so he native. The Winchester rifle. He's so yeah. The Winchester rifle. Yeah. The Winchester he rifle. He gets his old Winchester rifle from. The- okay, so they go into this. <laughs> they go into this store. This like old time like Western store. And they don't have money to buy the blankets that they want. He even goes in and asks for buffalo robes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. With to- totally tongue in cheek, but he goes and gets some some uh, some blankets he can't afford, and uh, and then Sam pulls out a gun. 
right? And the guy's like, oh my God, I'm getting robbed. He's like, no, 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 I just want to make a trade. You know, he's already getting into his like persona as a, as a native person. He's like, I barter now. I don't use cash, right? What is this money? Money? Ah, here's my gun. Let's make a trade, right? So they make a trade for the blankets and the, the old defunct like antique Winchester rifle. But Musham also goes and like just steals a whole bunch of crap. Like just robs the place blind. Fuck yeah, Musham. <laughs> Great. It was rad. He's like, your gun was worth much more than he said. He tried to cheat us. <laughs> Loved him. But he steals like everything. Everything. Paint. Like, he steals paint. Paint. Oh yeah. He like stole. he steals. He steals eagle feathers, which he then braids into his own hair. Oh, is that where he got those? Got those from? I, was that, I mean, I think that's the only place he could have gotten them. Yeah. Because he doesn't have them before they go to the store. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they're riding away, and, and all of a sudden he's putting eagle feathers in his hair, and I'm like, where did he get those from? But Eagle feathers, but I mean, that's where I go. Magical Musham probably just like <laughs> just made them out of thin air. That's true. I mean, right. he can turn into a wolf. Right. So, And, okay, so the music... Okay, uh, we, we talked about how crappy the music is at the beginning. So the show's music, like the, the intro and the outro, are really, really bad. But the music in this episode is so epic that at one point, during this really, like, moving part where it was just all, like, steel guitars and rattles and drums and, and like... flutes. Flutes. I, I couldn't help it. I war whooped. I just... It just came out. Like, it was just... Just felt right. You know? Like, when you blow that eagle whistle, because it just feels right. It felt right. Yeah. That's how good the music is. I would buy. I would buy this soundtrack. It was that oh, good. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know who did it. I'm gonna find out who did it because it was. It was just it, like it was. It was not only just everything that you could want or imagine in a show about Indigenous people made in the early '90s about 1970. <laughs> it was also just like very, very well done. Like the yeah. quality. Yeah, it was oh, really that good. kind of music was really, really high. Yeah, no jokes, no jokes. Like very, like if if you're not gonna watch that show for anything else, watch it for the music. Yeah, the music is great. Just skip the beginning and end credits because holy crap! Like otherwise you'll be looking at your watch waiting <laughs> to get out on the sixth floor, you know? <laughs> All right, dang. But can we go back to that store? Yeah, yeah, go back to the okay, store. Okay, because the store, like, I don't know if you've watched the 1941s episode for the Indian store. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. That was the Indian store. It was the Indian store. I was cracking up. Yeah. There's like it was a combination of just old rifles, eagle feathers, yeah. you know, like Indian trinkets, skins on the wall, trinkets, probably some old of those like weird candy. dolls. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then yeah, and then like the rock candy in the yeah. jars. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Wow. And the white guy scared of the Indians. Oh, totally. Like, oh no, there's actually Indians in here. What do I do? <laughs> what do they want to rob me? No, wait, no, they just want to trade, so I'm gonna cheat them. How oh, the tables have turned. And then they, they, they leave the store with all this stuff and a tank of oxygen. I, I didn't get that. We're just that. randomly sitting out there? I know. That was weird. Yeah, that was weird. But whatever. I guess he needed it. I guess I guess at that point they were like, look, if doctors are watching this episode, they'll realize that this man would be dead by now. We don't want to disappoint the doctors. Let's get some oxygen in him. Yeah, and right. they did. As like Mujum is like wheezing and then somehow Sam knows exactly where to tap on his back. Like maybe this this is probably the problem is that we don't really know the show. Like maybe he picked up doctoring skills in earlier episodes. Well he's Dr. Sam Beckett. But he's a scientist. Yeah I know but but like, once you're a doctor you're you know a... all the doctor things. Maybe okay. I, that... I would believe that. I don't know science. I don't know I, I don't even have is science. I don't have any PhDs in my family so but I'm pretty sure that that's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> Correct us if we're wrong, but you know, don't once you become a PhD, don't you just like? Isn't that like you know science? Of, you know science, and that it, means that you are science. You are science at that point. You you are the physical manifestation of the science. I I want to be science. 
I mean, all right, go for it. Okay. You have like $80,000, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, okay. Uh, all right, well, I'll be right behind you. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, Mushum uh, was in World War One. Mm. All right, now... They are, they're riding along and, and sheriff's chasing him in his like sheriff Jeep and stuff. And, um, you know, and sister's like, come back, come back. And, and, and all this crap. And anyway, they're like, whoa, we can't actually get to the res on this road. What do we do? Which was like, pull over. And they see some horses and we know where this is going. We know where this is going. Cause Mushum is a kleptomaniac, <laughs> right? So yeah. So he's, he, I, I love this. I love this line from Mushum. He's like, uh, back in World War One, only officers had ponies. They looked naked without markings. How to tell what you've done? How would you frighten your enemies? I never understood that. Right? So they steal the ponies. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And there's this other guy. Again, if you're not familiar with Quantum Leap, there's this dude named Al. Uh, who, Whoa. yeah, he's, he's like the observer. This is me making my quotation, my air quotes, the observer. So... He participates in this weird quantum leaping, but he's not physically there, even though he casts a shadow. But we're, we know he's not physically there because he continuously passes through horses and trucks and whatever until yeah. we get the point that he's not so, physically there. Also, if you're not familiar with quantum leap, you will recognize mm. Al as the very creepy Cylon priest in Battlestar Galactica, which is one of my all-time favorite things about sci-fi generally is that Everybody is in everything yeah. in yeah, science Dean, fiction. Dean Stockwell. Dean Stockwell, who we we're just calling Stockwell Day because because <laughs> we're from, from Alberta. Alberta. <laughs> <laughs> that's but, how we remembered it. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the guy. He's also wearing a bolo tie and a really bad trench coat. It's it's clear that they really wanted to make him kind of look like Clint Eastwood. That was the vibe that I was getting. Kind of like a really kind of off color Clint Eastwood. I, I don't know. Like, like he was like every stereotype the, the I have of, of somebody from New York. Oh wow! <laughs> I don't know. She was like, what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Trench coats have you, and bad have you hats. Been to New York? No, I haven't. But I've okay. been to it in the movies. <laughs> so okay, he, so we either look like <laughs> Chelsea's vision of a New York noir movie. <laughs> Or my vision of a very wise cracking Clint Eastwood no. circa Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. You make the call. I'm right. <laughs> um, so he he comes and he makes like all these comments, and and I I, I at first I was kind of cool with it, and at the end I decided I hated this guy. Mm-hmm. So um, you know he's he's watching the grandfather steal the ponies or whatever, or talk about him. He's like, whoa, it's like the past has come to life. This is you know? terrific. Yeah, like, this, he loves watching this. Look, fellow white man, look at these Indians. Isn't this terrific? And he explains what the different like markings mean. So Mushim, who stole the paint, is like marking up the ponies, right? He's like, look, he's marked the footprints. That's how many horses they've stolen. Uh, you know, and, and, and uh, George slash Sam goes, uh, well, we just borrowed the, the ponies. And, and Mushim is like, the horses don't know that. Because... <laughs> Honestly, Mushum is hilarious. Like, yeah. just hilarious. just so good. Like, you wanna you wanna know him. You wanna be him. Yeah. Oh, and then and then we get serious, right? So Mushum puts a handprint on on one of the ponies, and Al informs us that that means uh, that that represents men you have killed in battle, right? And Mushum turns to George Sam and says, "Guan uh, Togo," which means you know grandson and Shoshone, right? They they identify that he's Shoshone. Uh, is, is it actually Shoshone though? Are you Shoshone? Do you know Shoshone? Can you tell us? Yeah, if anybody is Shoshone, does Togo actually mean grandson? Yeah, we also canoe. 
Canoe, that's supposed to be grandfather. They call him Canoe throughout you, the whole can thing. Can you let us know if they just made this shit up or if yeah. they're actually bothered to look into it? Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. I, I, I like to think that they probably looked it up, but I would be unsurprised if they didn't. It seemed like they cared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They cared enough to put in both rattles and flutes. I feel like they cared and enough to learn two... And bolo ties and steel guitars. Yeah, and a Winchester rifle. That's right. Yeah, a lot of details. So, uh, so yeah, he uh, Busham like marks up his pony with a handprint, turns to his grandson and says, uh, "Go on, Togo. I can see it in your eyes. You know, like you've probably killed a man." And I don't know, probably before this, earlier in the season or in last season of Quantum Leap, perhaps Sam actually did have to kill a man. And we were not sure watching this if Musham was, you know, because he's a wise old indigenous man, right? Did he immediately know that his grandson was not exactly his grandson? Yeah. You know, like, I like to assume that all along Magical Indian Man knew that his grandson was actually somebody else. And was just playing along with him. So I feel like at that point, and later on, Al is even like, is he talking to you or is he talking to George? Like, we didn't already get that point. Yeah. You know, we didn't already have that question raised. So I'm just going to go with Magical Indian Man knew that his grandson, George, was actually the white man, Sam. I think you gotta. But also, like, for a wisecracking, sarcastic, indigenous dude who's literally spending his last days messing with white people... (laughs) Like you think that you would, he would mess with him more. But I mean, yeah. but I guess like for That's the purpose true. of the narrative, though, like yeah. for the purpose of the like last of the Mohicans narrative. Yeah, I think if an Indian had written this, in. if if an Indian had written this screen play, magical magical motion totally would have messed with him more. But oh, totally. But this is this is I don't know. I, I mean, if, if an Indian had written this screenplay, <laughs> I don't think it would have looked anything like this. Although, wait. I don't know. Once we get to the scalping. Let's, let's, oh, oh, wait. Let's don't, wait to the scalping. Okay, sorry, sorry. Right, okay. Spoiler alert. Right, then I war whooped. Okay, uh, yeah. What do you got? What I got, okay, so uh, they paint their ponies. There's this really intense moment where Sam has two handprints on his horse, which means he's killed two people. Two people. Um, Musham only killed one. He was in World War. No, he killed three. Oh, he put three on he there? He put three. Yeah, you see him put one, but then you see the three handprints as kind of they, they go up the hill. Was that while I was, like, crying tears of joy at the music? Probably. Okay, I guess I should stop crying. Yo, yeah, I barely managed to kind of make it out through my own tears. <sighs> so good. Uh, so, at that point... Uh, where are they headed? They are headed. Well, they're they're headed kind of to to the res. They're but right, but the they res. have to go up a mountain. They have to go up a mountain mm-hmm. with the horses. Uh, with the Ponies. horses, but they've spent too much time painting their horses, and the bolo tie wearing sheriff catches up with them. Right, and starts sh- shooting at them and manages. Oh no! What was that great line? There was a great line right before he gets shot. Which time getting shot? When when Sam gets shot in the ribs. Oh, that was at the end, dude. No, no, no. That's that's when Musham gets. Spoiler no, alert. no, that's, that's when Musham right. gets shot. No, no, but like right when they're leaving, because they spent too much time painting their ponies, and then Musha or uh, Sam swings up onto his horse, says something like, "They'll never find us now," or some, something like you know, really obvious, okay, and then gets weird. shot in the ribs. And then Musham grabs the Winchester rifle that they traded at the Indian store, or like the fake get, like yeah, yeah, you know, the nineteen forty one store. Grabs the Winchester rifle and starts shooting at the sheriff, but barely misses him, but has that great line that's like, oh, well, I guess maybe I do need glasses, you know, as the sheriff is cowering behind a cactus or whatever. Yeah. 
Oh man, I don't know. No, I, I didn't write it down either. No, we were I... both like we were both laughing about it. I swear to God, it's here somewhere. Yeah. Anyway, oh. watch it. That's okay. Yeah. If you're listening, watch it yourself. You'll you'll see what we mean. It's I'm great. pretty sure you didn't get shot there. No, because yeah, they did. go in. The, they go into the cave first. They go into the cave first. You forgot about the whole cave thing, dude. No, because they don't. No, they don't go into the cave first. He gets shot. Then they go into the cave because you're right. They have to lead ah, the horses and motion the Al says. Don't, you know, uh, don't underestimate this guy. He might outlive you. Shot rings out. Sam right. falls off horse. Lol, is what I've got in my right. notes. No, that's, that's exactly <laughs> what happened. Yes. And then, and then, okay, so I really love this. Is, uh, at this point, Sam is no longer referring to the man as just like, hey, you. He says uh, something about like, hey, grandfather. And dude, Mushim is like, uh, canoe, call me canoe, right? Adopted. Yeah, settler adoption, right? At this point... Sam slash George is now like he's become Indian. He's been accepted as Indian. Like, yeah, he jumped into an Indian's body and he was like playing Indian for a while, but now he like now he's on the Indian side. He's into it. Yeah, he's like, okay, I'm gonna get you to the res. No longer am I conflicted with my white man desires. Now I'm all about your, you know, your Indian ways. And uh and Mushim is all like, uh, you know, he's like uh Sam goes, Don't you want to die around your family and friends? And uh Mushim's like my 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 friends are here. They're the earth, the sky, the, the wind. wind. Brother Hawk is free. Don't you want me to be free? There's so much Indian wisdom in this. Oh yeah. my God! Like I started writing down quotes. Uh, tougher than a two dollar whore. Wait, that <laughs> he does say that. Mushim says that, but that was a little off key. That was not so much great Indian wisdom. Dude was in a world war, man. Leave him alone. All right. Yeah. Um, Redskins things you just don't want to see. Are the best damn team in America. Okay, that's also not great Indian news. Oh, okay. Uh, Didn't you learn anything at in that college you went to? Yeah. Which kind of pierced me in the heart because I'm a student, and it's true I'm not learning anything in that college I'm going to. Right. Totally. Like, sorry, Michelle. Yeah. Sorry. You're right. I know. Dang. It's so true. Yeah. So, oh, this was my favorite part. This this is where the good old Indian humor comes out. We got to share it with the white people. So they go into a cave to hide, and uh, Mushim's not feeling very well, right? And he says, look, we need a fire. And uh, Sam's like, oh, you know, uh, won't, won't they see the smoke? Won't they see the light? No, 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 not if we build it to the back and everything, you know, like teaching teaching white people how to build sneaky fires. But the thing is, it's like it's not even that sneaky a fire. You know, like you want to teach somebody how to build a sneaky fire, you tell them what wood to use. You tell them, like, where you get that kind of wood. This is two it's, Indians talking. Shouldn't he know that? I can, okay. Except it's not two Indians. Are we going to, yeah, are we going to yeah, talk about the okay. two Indians, but not two Indians? All right. Thing? Yeah, yeah. Bring in the, the two Indians, not two Indians. Okay. Thing. So this, this is the thing that we found really interesting and bizarre about this episode was, on the one hand, as Indigenous people watching it, we really actually kind of loved parts of it. Yeah. We did. But it's very much trying to bring the viewer, the like non-native viewer, into what it is like between indigenous people. Like what you do when you're indigenous. Like and there's what, no white people around. Yeah, what you do and think just among yourselves. That's why Al was creaming his pants. He's like, oh, we get to see this. Oh, we get to see that. Because they like there's this implicit understanding that Indians don't act that way around white people, right? Stoic. Faces. Stoic. 
no, none of the jokes, none of that stuff. Even though we like tease white people all the time. To their yeah. faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. but we're stoic. And yeah. they don't get it. And also don't. now we have the internet, so we don't actually have to do it to their faces. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that was that was really interesting because it was sort of like, it was like, hey, white guys, look at like what it's like when Indians are talking when you're not around. Like, it's actually kind of cool. Don't you wish you were there? Yeah, don't you wish you could have this kind of knowledge of, to build a small fire near the back of the cave? They're not really that scary. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, They're just like you and me, they tell jokes. <laughs> yeah. They, they don't want to die in nursing homes. So, uh, okay. So, uh, Sam does not have any matches and he's like, Oh, I don't have matches. And so Musham's like, no problem. I'll teach you an old Indian trick. And he starts singing, right? He starts singing that prayer song again. And we're like, Whoa. And Al is like, just seriously, like just about to just lose it. He's, he's like, he's Oh my God. Vibrating with happiness. We get to watch a bit of authentic Western history. Yeah. He's and, like, Oh, and Musham is, is raising his, his medicine bag. Yeah. His medicine from bag. around his neck. He's raising it. Oh yeah. And, and singing, singing the good old time Indian magic. Yeah. And what does he pull out? A lighter. <laughs> Yeah, he pulls out a lighter. Classic. I mean, we called it like way before it happened, right? But like, yeah, it was great. It was good. It was a good moment. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, of course there's the whole like, you know, Sam's talk. going, ha ha ha, like, oh, Musham or oh, Gnu, like, yeah. you are, you know. You're so funny and with prepared. your wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, yeah, yeah, I wrote dads, dads, dads. Let's talk about dads. Shit right. getting real dads. Yeah, dad talk. Dad yeah. talk. So uh, apparently Sam's father died when he was 21 and George's father died when he was 21. So dad issues all up the kazoo, not the canoe. Cause that would be nasty. Just all up the kazoo. Yeah. Dad issues. Dad. And, and Mushin figures out that that's why Sam slash George does not want to let him die because he's like the only, you know, paternal Male figure left. Role model. Yeah. You know, that's it. Which is real. Yeah. I think I, you know, I, there were, I think that was a universal thing, right? Everybody could relate to that. Yeah. Uh, was it, though? Because I feel like this, the dad issues are very much a thing that happens, at least, like, in media. Mm-hmm. It's a thing that happens between men in a very manly fashion, where it's, like, emotional, but it's emotional in this manly way. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, you I guess you need to bring up the fact that, like, there is one woman that you see at all in that entire episode, and it's the Indian princess. Suzanne is her name. Right. Uh, and she's awesome. Yeah. But she's not really, she's not in it as much as you want her to be. No, like for you sure. You want her to be in it a lot more. But it's very much, it's not just about like, how is this white person starting to embody and continuing to embody this indigenous wisdom that he's mm-hmm. being given and how is he becoming an Indian and being adopted into like his nativeness or whatever. But it's very much about like, how is this man becoming more of a man through his interaction with the indigenous? Yeah. And yeah, I feel yeah. like that the dad scene well i mean kind of indian medicine man like it just resolved his dad issues in like one pithy phrase like that was it all life Daddy is issues a series gone. of loops oh no leaps leaps, leaps. oh okay whoops, yeah, yeah i can't read my own let, let me read this quote so <laughs> death is a doorway and we are like grasshoppers well i'm sorry kung fu like yeah, you're, are you too young for that? Like the whole like grasshopper thing, the kung fu thing. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Well, here's okay. Traveling the west. Can I, can I just say it's it's not even so much that I am somewhat younger than Chelsea. So it's also just younger. that despite growing up in a one room cabin, Chelsea has seen more TV than I have. <laughs> like, we had a satellite dish in a one room cabin. 
I swear to God, the satellite dish was like bigger than our house. My dad's mom bought us this huge satellite, you know, back in the days when they were literally bigger than a house. And and when the parents were away and you're a teenager and you're, you know, you switch to the satellite S18 that has some porn channels on it. <laughs> And then you like, you hear them like pull up like half a kilometer before they get there because it's like gravel road. You're like, shit, the parent, because nobody's driving down there but your parents, right? So you're like, shit, shit, shit. So you're like changing the satellite. You're like back to like G17, but you know, back to like watching Nickelodeon or whatever. And it's like the satellite's going, it's taking forever, right? And it's, and it's pointed at that one pornographic spot in the sky. And it's such a and you're like as they're pulling in the driveway and you're like they'll never and they totally knew but like how do you bring that up with your kid right like I saw the satellite dish was pointed at the pornographic part of the sky like you just you just pretend you didn't see it right so meanwhile my parents are locking all of us kids out of the house so we don't watch TV. So it's it's not just a difference in age, it's a difference in life experience. I was I was sitting up there in the middle of nowhere watching MTV back when like everybody else was on farmer vision. It's it was a weird thing to be so like tuned into like like that like that media culture living in a literally a one-room farmhouse. <sighs> Anyway, and now the internet. <laughs> yeah, now, now nobody has to know. Or <laughs> put some VPN on that shit. You don't have to, like, there's no tells anymore. Yeah. Clear private, your history. Private window. Private window. Just, you don't have to do like I did, right? Now there's no, there's no <laughs> awkwardness. There's no awkwardness. All right. Where were we? We were back at Death is a Doorway. Great. And we are like the grasshopper. grasshopper. Um... When we die, we shed one skin and put on another and leap. Okay, because this show's Quantum Leap, right? We leap. Yeah, did you get it? Yeah. Did you get that? Did, do you want me? Nah, I think they got it. You leap to a new life on the other side of the door. And, and Sam's like, dude, what if, what if there's nothing else on the other side of the door? And Mushroom's like, if that was true, I would hold on to this life with all I have because it's, it would be all I have. But that's not, that's not true. All of life is a series of leaps. Uh, for the grasshoppers, sometimes, sometimes we see where we're going, sometimes we don't. And, he, and then he says to him, uh, have you ever leaped and not a piece survived? And Sam, who's been leaping, quantum leaping. He's the leaper. Right, he is the leaper. He he's is like, the grasshopper. He's like, no, I've, I've totally been surviving. And, uh, and Musham's like, remember that the next time you leap. Boom, boom. Yeah. Take that, Richard Dawkins. Take that. Yeah. So that was that was just one incident of incredible is Indian wisdom that just like just reverberated throughout yeah. the episode. So now that they've talked about dads and death, so like the two Ds. Yeah. Then he is fully immersed in his indigeneity. Uh, and you see this kind of a little bit later taken to the extreme, quote unquote. Uh, yeah. So they leave the cave because this all happens within the cave. They leave the cave. Uh, he's got his own face paint now. 
Uh, yeah, I don't Mushum, know. Mushum we don't even see that happen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mushum totally face-painted himself up when he was, like, painting the ponies. But Sam didn't have any face paint on until the next day after he'd sort of, like, just been like, I am indigenous! Which is, which is I actually kind of found that interesting, that it just cuts to him with the face paint, yeah. whereas, like, Mushum takes the time and you see yeah, yeah. And painting and, his own face. And which, Mushum's face paint was cool. Like, it was, like, a, some dots and stuff. Like, it wasn't... Yeah. But Sam's was just, like, the two-finger salute, yeah. you know? Like, the woof, you know? Like yeah, right across, right across the old cheekbones. You know, as 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 indigenous as he suddenly was, he sure as hell didn't get any more original. Yeah, but it's but it's interesting because you do, like you get the visual, you get the aesthetic of it without the tactile, like envisionment, like embodiment of it, mm-hmm. which I found interesting because it's it's still very much like, okay, he's quote unquote an Indian now. Mm-hmm. But he's not like it's. You don't get the act of him becoming it. He just yeah. You is. don't see yeah. it. He just is. Yeah. And and the thing too is um throughout this episode like you only see the the Indian guy that he is when he looks in the mirror. Uh, but it only happens like the one time. Yeah. I don't think we see him again. So for yeah. the rest of the episode, it's just this white dude who you have to accept is actually Indian, which is kind of off putting. Yeah. It's pr- like it's pretty off putting. Yeah. But I mean, like I I get it. You know, it, it gives him more face time on the show, but. What else? Hmm. All right, where are we going with this now? Oh, wait, I love this quote. Okay, so, um, all right, so they are almost to the res line, and, and, and there's this understanding that once you get to the res, the sheriff can't follow you, right? Boom, that's it. And so they can see it, and it's across the river. Um, they're, they're about to cross, and then sheriff shows up to some, like, awesome steel guitar Bon Jovi-like music, and uh, this is in the morning now, and, uh, I don't know, Grandpa's talking about, Mushum's talking about, like, you know, our people don't know themselves, they go to the cities, they take jobs in factories, they become school teachers, total shot at the sister and the brother. Um, and, and Sam's like, you know, you, you gotta come back, like, there's so much I don't know, there's so much you can teach our people. And, and Indian wisdom slammed down, freedom is the greatest gift we're born with and the hardest thing to hold on to. Okay, so, I mean, whatever, there's so much Indian wisdom, but, like, let's just remember that one. Hardest thing to hold on to. I mean, but the, the thing, like, that's... Because I feel like, like, Mushum's been doling out the Indian wisdom, kind of, yeah. as the show's been progressing, but he's like, if there's one thing that you need to take away from this, like, the number one yeah. lesson of my life's wisdom, it's freedom is the greatest gift we're born with, and hardest the hardest thing to, thing to hold on to. Right, because he, like... That well, is not as interesting as I can turn into a wolf, but no, I'm too I'm... big to fit through the ball bars, yeah. you know? Like... Yeah. It just, it falls flat. It, it's pretty, it's You're pretty trite. Why. It's like, it's pretty Billy Graham, you know, like anybody can say that crap. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was really bummed out. Yeah. Well, I mean, you gotta keep it, you gotta, you gotta keep it so that people can, can eat it. It's gotta be, it's gotta be flavorless enough and without peanuts, you know? Well, I mean, that, that's the thing is like, I feel like that was the American distillation mm. of indigenous knowledges. Hey, you know what? At least he didn't go into the two wolves story. Like, I was That's fully true. expecting the two wolves story, right? Yeah. Maybe it just didn't fit into the context here. But but you know what? The thing is, I feel like they could have gone there. They totally could have right? gone like there. Right? Like, when when they're painting the war ponies, they, yeah. could, they totally could have gone there, and they didn't. Yeah. Maybe they just didn't think Kudos. about it, Kudos. Maybe, maybe that story wasn't so popular in the, in the early 90s. You know, literally, maybe that's something that sort of, like, popped up recently. I, I honestly don't know. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so, yep, freedom is the... Greatest gift we're born with. At this point, Sam is fully immersed in his indigeneity. He has become one. 
with the Indian and he is having, like, I feel like there's a lot of conflict mm-hmm. kind of within the next, like, sort of five minutes of the action where he, yeah. there's the kind of tension between if he is able to get Mushum to the res to die, which is now at this point just across the river, mm-hmm. uh, then he is able to make another quantum leap, hopefully home to another place, whatever. Yeah. But he has become so indigenous that he doesn't want this to happen. He, he wants, wants to, to learn ex- more. He wants to learn more. Yeah. He wants to get more into it and he wants to extend this old man's life. And so there's this kind of internal conflict. Luckily, uh, the conflict is uh, kind of avoided when, you know, they spent so much time talking about this Indian wisdom that the sheriff shows up. But not before the Indian princess does. The Indian princess shows yeah, up Yeah, sister again. shows up. Which is like weird because she comes yeah, out of she nowhere. Come out of, yeah, like the, the, the sheriff had been chasing them in a jeep the whole time on the road and then he also was on a horse that they like uh, later on they, they tricked him and they and they drove the horse off. Where the hell did she go? I didn't even think of that. Did she helicopter in? She, she, no, did she, she turned into... I mean, she came in riding a horse but she, with a she, great sweater. Yeah, the sweater was great. But did she like turn into a hawk for part of that journey? Probably. Because she was like way... Be, she was in the sheriff's office, She probably... Dude. She dove down and then as... As kind of she was reaching whatever horse she was reaching, she turned back into a human. Right. Probably was really epic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the only reason that they didn't show it was because they didn't have the necessary special effects for the time. Ah. And they didn't want people to know that that's what we do. Right. When we're looking for our... Well, maybe they were trying to preserve some cultural secrets here. You know, like when I I steal horses, I... I can't go hawk. I can't go crow. I got to admit, I, I go pigeon. It's a little embarrassing. But you it's know what, Montreal, yeah. you know, you're on the island of Montreal. You I know. I think, you know, I think that's totally fair. Can I also admit that vision. I don't actually steal horses? It's just feral dogs. Just me and pigeon riding feral dogs. I mean, you know, you've got time. Work up. All right. Work up. All right. Okay, I'll, 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 I'll work no that. No shame here. Mystical Indian muscle. All right. So uh, sister rides up. I, I, I have my notes. She looks great. She gets yeah, those, mad at the brother. <laughs> she gets mad at the brother. She's trying to justify why she put Musham into a nursing home. Uh, you know, we really get that she's not a bad person, that she just really cared about him. And dude, where was George? George was clearly out gallivanting in his college days, having fun, sexing up the ladies, not caring about Musham and his sister, who was like saddled with the, uh, the sole responsibility of taking care of him. You know, dude, step up. Step up. You want to be but, a man? But now he is stepping up. Yeah, now he's, and he's stepping, stepping up. up so hard. He is way more Indian than she is. Yeah, that's the part that pissed me off. Yeah. Because all of a sudden, here we know she, she became a school teacher. She was taking care of her grandfather, apparently all by herself. And, you know, just when things got too tough, when she couldn't make, make sure that he was safe anymore, she put him in her nursing home. And you can tell that this was not a decision she made lightly, and it really bothered her. Okay? But then... Little freaking Johnny come lately shows up, steals some shit, breaks granddad out of jail, does all this illegal stuff, rides across, you know, Nevada with him, and, and you know, isn't it an adventure for him? And she's like, dude, I still gotta work. I gotta get up at seven o'clock in the morning and go like wipe the snotty noses of some kids. And you're out here like having the adventure of your life and being all like, Woo! felonies. Yeah. Like, isn't that typical? That's actually fucking typical. Men, can you not do that shit? Yep. Go be a school teacher. Go yeah. be a school Try teacher. It. Take care of your mushame. Do both of the things. Jeez. Don't pretend that you're fucking more Indian than your sisters. Yeah. Cause you know, you you know all those scars on her faces? That's from fighting with her cousins. And she wasn't no sissy. So don't fuck with your sister, she'll 
to mess you up. Yeah. Check out those nails and then decide if you want to yeah. fucking mess with that. Yeah. Anyway. We love you, men. We're just kidding. <clears throat> no, we're not. But we love you anyway. We love you anyway. We love our native men. We're uh, we're gonna fight for you too, but you gotta get your shit together. Is all we're saying. Okay, we, so we use our nails for you, not against you, unless you're fucking asking for it. Yeah. Anyway, we're <laughs> you like it got all feminist up in here. Yo, just go back and rewind that. If if you if that made you uncomfortable, if you're a man and that made you uncomfortable, just go back and just like skip that part. Or listen to it again. <laughs> Rewind it and listen to it several times until it sinks in. All right, fight. Right. So, okay, so they're all together. The family's together. Yeah. But the family now includes this, like, white dude in the body of a native man. Yeah. And uh, Nisham's messed up, man. He fell off his horse and broke his arm. Yeah. Emphysema. They're just, like, they're just not at the border of the res. They're still in white man's land. Yeah. And who rides over the ridge while Sam slash George and Suzanne, the sister, are arguing about whether or not they need to take Musham back into the nursing home, it's the bolo tie wearing sheriff. And this is our favorite part of the entire episode. Musham turns to Sam slash George and says, George, are you going to scalp him? And George slash Sam, as he turns his horse to ride up to confront the bolo tie wearing sheriff, says no. And the Musham says, oh, too bad. <laughs> If anybody needed a scalping. <laughs> it's this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so good. Then, okay, so the sister is taking Musham across the river, right? Uh, Sam slash George is going gonna, is gonna to distract this sheriff. But then the sheriff pulls a gun on Sam, and Musham with his old Winchester, who is a crack shot and has not run out of bullets, despite the fact that they have exchanged uh, shots many, many times before this, uh, you know, shoots at the sheriff, but instead is hit in return, falls off. That's how he breaks his arm. Or no, no, that's not how he breaks his arm. No, he broke he his just, arm earlier. He no, he's just earlier, shot. Now he's shot. And he goes, in the movies, he would have hit my lighter and I'd have been okay. <laughs> I like that. Still, I like that little nod to Still wise. Yeah, still cracking wise. He's like dying. And but, then, okay, but yeah. can we talk about this fight a little bit? Oh, the fight was great. The fight the fight was really good and really interesting because it's, it's so the obvious music, that oh. he's... Like, he's actually just fighting himself. Yeah, he's trying to kill the white man inside. He's trying to kill his own whiteness. And there's a scene where he he's overcome his enemy, and he grabs him by the hair, and he whips out the knife that his Musham stole from him in the Indian store, and almost scalps him. Yeah. Like, it's a joke, but then it almost becomes reality. Yeah, yeah he was going to scalp, dude. Yeah, he's overcome by his own savage in He became Indian so Indian, he almost scalped him. Forget that, that, like, Indians didn't originally scalp, that that was something that was, like, introduced and, like, you know, to in between warring tribes and, like, hey, scalp these guys and we'll pay you. Never mind where that actually comes from. Let's just pretend that that was an indigenous practice and that once you become Indian, the desire to scalp is just so overwhelming that sometimes you just can't help yourself. Yeah. Frick, if you came into my closet right now, I'm telling you. You wouldn't like what you'd see. Because sometimes people are, like, cut in front of me in the freaking grocery store. Or they try to pay with coupons and shit like that. <laughs> I just gotta scalp tell someone. Don't, don't tell the people that. Right. Don't tell the people that. Never mind. That's don't, not true. Don't come over. Don't look in Chelsea's closet. It's not true. It's They're not, in the basement. That was hyperbole. <laughs> <laughs> so he almost scalps. Luckily, thankfully, the creepy priest from Battlestar Galactica is there. To stop him, to remind him how truly white he is. Don't go full Indian. Don't go full Indian. 
Be pink. Don't be red. So his whiteness is reasserts itself, and it gives the chance for Sheriff to shoot Canoe. That's that's the opportunity that Sheriff has. It's like the whiteness reasserts himself. He, he manages to wrest himself away from savagery, but Canoe is shot. And so there's there's nothing they can do. It's not the movie's... Unfortunately, the sheriff didn't hit the lighter. It's only TV. Yeah. So then the best line, in my opinion, in the entire episode happens. They He's lying there in the snow with his two grandchildren around him, and they give him a drink of water out of their canteen, and he says, there's nothing worse than warm water. <laughs> <laughs> it's... It's a metaphor for perfect. Is it a metaphor? <laughs> it's a metaphor for like watered down cult. No, it's just. It was, it was just him bitching at the end. It was great. No, it, to- it was totally like. That's how you want to go out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I saw that and I was like, I hope. I hope that's how I go. <laughs> you know? Nothing worse than warm water. What nice. the hell Nothing are you giving me? Nothing worse than warm water. But God. then, okay, so, so Sam slash George picks him up, picks up Mushum. And he's like, you know, he's dying. Musham is dying, but Sam is determined now at this point to take him across the res line, to get him across the river. And at this point anymore, it's not even about him, uh, you know, fulfilling his mission so he can quantum leap out. Like, I think at this point, Sam is just like, I'm an Indian. I'm cool with this. I'm doing this because I'm an Indian. But, but no, because I think that, like, he... He was the ultimate Indian when he almost scalped the Bolo wearing sheriff. That's the thing that got me. Is like I don't. And then I don't he pulled think back it's because of I think it's because he has managed to synthesize both the inherent savagery, but also beautiful magical wisdom of the indigenous person with his own whiteness. So he became his rationality. Like the uber indigenous person. He became so indigenous and also so white that he transcends both. Oh my god. Isn't that the ultimate out of his own race? Oh my God. He became the Indian, but like the civilized Indian. Oh, this is blowing my mind. Isn't that like what every settler wants to be like native, but like, but like better than native. This is literally what decolonization is not a metaphor was written about. Did they like like watch this and write that? Eve, Eve, did you watch this? And then like, Eve, tell us, did you just like write it after you watch quantum leap? Because Damn. Damn. You Damn. called it. Damn. Wow. Okay, so sheriff, the sheriff is like, don't you move. I will shoot you. You know, Mushim's already dying. Yeah, you already hate the sheriff. Like, there's literally yeah. no way that you're going to hate the sheriff more. You recognize that the sheriff is this irredeemable racist. But, but Sam holding dying Mushim in his arms is like, look, he just wants to die with his friends, with the sky, right. with the wind. <laughs> He just wants to be free, and, and, Sheriff uncocks his gun, because Americans understand freedom, right? Freedom, that's it. He just appealed to the inherent Americanness of the sheriff, and the sheriff was like, whoa, wait a minute, we both value freedom. Freedom, that's a thing, that's a word that I understand. And You're gonna die anyway, Indian. No. Go across the river, what do I care? Freedom, 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 freedom. Caca! <laughs> Yeah, so he lets him go. And then there's yeah. flutes again at the death scene. 
right? Throughout this, okay, like the music was excellent, it but was there was like so good. flutes at the beginning when they were in the jail, flutes during the death scene, and and but there was flutes like with steel guitar and like all this other great music in between. But the only time you have like pure flutes is at the beginning when you first meet the Indians, and at the end when you say goodbye to the Indians. But the thing is, is like you don't even get a chance to say goodbye. Like we, yeah, like at least I was expecting this kind of drawn out ending where Canoe Musham passes mm-hmm. but relates some more Indian wisdom that, more Indian wisdom but also that he knows that Sam is actually Sam and not actually his grandson yeah. but that he forgives him for being white and that he realizes that on the inside he's an Indian but you don't get that satisfaction no, you, don't get that. you don't get that he immediately quantum leaps into another body which looks like some kind of weird Victorian era bordello or what what no something. he was totally he leaps into somebody who is like post coitus at a wedding clearly uh, some chick gets off him with like this outrageous like gangster Italian accent that, that's what I yeah, saw and, but, anyway but so we don't left like but that's it like Indian like he, he does it he gets the Indian across he's like I am Indian and then boom he's Italian like no resolution there he doesn't have time to unpack his Indianness. man that was yeah. that was hardcore so I don't know like I would I would very much put this in the genre of kind of like the last of the Mohicans like the the actual mm. the indigenous peoples are dying out yeah the white people must take their place but learn their wisdom before they go so they can become a better version of themselves yeah for sure you know? I mean as much as I like as much as I I, I actually did enjoy this episode because it was really that's how sad it is you know uh, yeah. you see a few native people on screen and you're rooting for them like and the music was swelling and like just in my heart and everything and, and like Flutes. They, I mean, they got the humor down. The humor is great. Uh, I really like the way Mushroom like messed with everybody and made the jokes and stuff. Like, I really I liked that. Um, I thought, a, you know, the weird anthropological like Al comments and stuff was like a little off putting. But you know, maybe they had to put him in there so people were like, oh, I know what's going on. Uh, and it really relied on a lot of like, you know, Hollywood tropes and everything. And yet, despite all that crap, I still I was like I was rooting for the Indians, you know. But. I mean, but the thing is, we're always rooting for the I know, Indians. we're always rooting for the Indians, but like, no, it's exactly I mean, like I, you said, it's it's all yeah. about white redemption, which makes me a little sad, you know, but like... Okay. So, so Chelsea, how would you rate this episode? Well, I, okay, I, I think we so, need to, we need to rate this out of Stolen Ponies. I, I would agree with that. I think that Stolen Ponies are the perfect rating system. Yeah. So like, one Stolen Pony being like, absolutely awesome, five Stolen Ponies being just horrifically horrifically terrible, unredeemable. I gotta go with two Stolen Ponies. I, you know, with all the flaws and everything, I just, I can't help it when I see like an old Native man and, you know, I see like two Native people in a freaking show, I'm just like, woo! I, even if they're repping redskins even if they're cheesy ah, call me biased but yeah two two stolen ponies man you know i i'm i'm pretty close to that also i was i was gonna give it 2.5 stolen ponies hey and, i nice. mean i don't know how you're gonna steal half a pony but maybe there just, it is maybe just take them on tuesdays and thursdays yeah oh yeah <laughs> tuesdays thursdays every second sunday every second sunday <laughs> <laughs> but i mean for for all those reasons that you said because like you just you're so starved for any sort of yeah. representation that isn't yeah. just the, the straight 
Stereotypical, white guys playing yeah yeah the italians playing the you know yeah. god dudes in front and there was no buckskin there were there no headdresses no, yeah there was there was the necklace and there was the medicine pouch but the medicine pouch had a lighter yeah. in it you yeah. know like i'm cool with that the whole thing just it seemed to to you know you were never quite sure if they were just messing with people within the show or messing with the people watching the show yeah. and that's what Did I they break the fourth wall? I don't know. It. I don't yeah, know. That's great. The the other thing that really got me about that show is like it's science fiction, but the only in the loosest sense of the in term. In the loosest sense, yeah. the only thing that's actually sci-fi about the episode as you're watching it yeah. is Al. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy you know, who walks they, through things but casts well, the, the thing. shadow. Like they're they're yeah. really, really trying to like reinforce that by him constantly walking yeah. through things. And like the the kind of general, like his vast knowledge of every yeah part yeah he's of, checking know, up on his and, yeah, yeah. His, like little iPod then again was was buffy really sci-fi i don't know whatever anyway let's not get into that okay and yeah we're, you're right we're now not here to decide to we really need sci-fi. at this point we really need to ask a white guy i think you know what yeah we we are left with a lot of questions with this episode and i think that there's really only one type of person that could answer it yeah a let's, white guy let's ask a white guy let's ask a white guy now it's time to ask a Muniao. So the Muniao for today's Ask a Muniao is a gentleman named Chad Chadwick Chaddington III from London, Ontario. And Chad, we have a specific question that we'd like to ask you today. That's right. Chad, as a white man, if you woke up tomorrow as an Indian man, I'm sorry, I mean Native American man, that may have been confusing. Let me, let me rephrase. If you woke up tomorrow as a Native American man, what would you do? Well, well, if I if I was a if I woke up tomorrow and I was I was an Indian man, I would um Native uh, American. Native please. American man, I would um This isn't the seventies. Well, okay, but if I woke up in the seventies as a Native American man, I would um I would I would make one of those nice little, little um you know those things with the hoops with the string and the beads and the Dream feathers. Catcher? Yes. They're so pretty, <laughs> don't you think? And then I would, I would, um, I would, I would hang it on my chest because, because I would want to, you know. Your nipples uh, gonna have nightmares? I don't know why you guys did it, but um, um, I would want to honor that, and so I would, I would, you know, I would, I would wear, wear, um, wear, wear my dream dream catcher. Would do you have to like, like? Dip it in the blood of a of a of a buffalo first. I don't want to be disrespect, disres, dis, 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 sorry, disrespectful. So, let me get this straight. If you woke up as a Native American man tomorrow in the seventies, the first thing that you would do is make a huge dream catcher to wear on your chest so your nipples don't get nightmares. Is that why you do it? I didn't know my nipples could have nightmares. Is that a, is, like, are, 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 are we, am I going to be all right? Because like we don't wear it things okay. on. Thank you, our... thank you, Chad. <laughs> thank you. That was that was great. Very thank informative. You. Nipple mare. Thank you, Chad, for your contribution to tonight's episode. Um, so uh, as we did last week with Percival Waxbottom, we would like to gift. Chad Chadwick Chaddington III uh, with an Indian name. Da boy. So Chad, uh, we thought very, very hard about this. We really tried to, to capture your essence. And we thought that your Indian name should be He Wears the Bolo Tie. 
He wears the Wolo tie. Uh, please take your name and honor it uh, and bring it into your community and, and do good works. You're awesome. Uh, knowing that you have been been gifted with this name. Thank you once again for your contribution to Indian country this evening. Ah, ho. All right. So that, again, was our second awesome show. Uh, I got to say, I, I enjoyed this episode a little more. Although, you know, it was a little light on the sci-fi. I think for the next one, we got to do something super sci-fi to sort of make up for the the weird, like, fantasy noir of Buffy and the, the pseudo sci-fi of Quantum Leap. But we haven't had one single alien yeah. yet. I, I can't wait to see the aliens. But, you know, there is so much out there. You know, as we've been researching uh, shows and people have been suggesting things to us, I'm actually a little surprised at how often uh, indigenous tropes show up in sci-fi. I sort of expected that there would be, like, a handful. Like a very limited, you know, selection. Yeah. You know? No, it's no. Uh, it's a lot out there, man. You know, you just... you It's... it's man, uh... Hollywood's fascinated with us and not just in westerns so uh indigenous people come up a lot and uh so we're gonna have so much we're gonna be doing this when we're like 70 year old cookums you I know? mean I hope so for sure like I'm not gonna be doing anything else besides drinking wine and talking shit with you when I'm fucking 80 yeah whether or not people are listening I don't yeah. know <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much for uh joining us on this sci-fi journey yeah uh we now are reachable uh, as Métis in Space mm-hmm. uh, through various platforms. So we have a Twitter. Yes, Métis in Space. At Métis in Space. Yep. Uh, we have a Gmail if you would like to email us, space at gmail.com. And, uh, I mean, you can always reach us if you know us and we're buds. Yeah, for which sure. I hope that we are. And if we're not, then... Why are we not buds at this at point? us. Don't you want to hang out with us? You do. You are hanging out with us. Yeah. Hey, thank you. Right. Hey. All right. So, uh, we yeah. don't say goodbye because we're Indians, eh? That's that's some old-time spirituality that I'm going to share with you. So, instead, we're going to say, We'll see you later. Yeah, and uh, thank you very much for listening to Métis in Space! Space, 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 space. Welcome to this world, you can't kiss your soul, Nancy in space.